to another episode of the Movie Grader and Friends podcast, your weekly or semi-weekly podcast talking about all of the latest movies in theaters. I am Billy, the Movie Grader, and in this episode, I am once again joined by my buddy Justin. Say hello, Justin. What's up? In this double episode, we will briefly cover Brad Pitt's Ad Astra and then dive right into Joaquin Phoenix's new movie, Joker. Dealing with Ad Astra first, Ad Astra was released back on September 20th, 2019, and it was directed by James Gray, and it obviously stars Brad Pitt. It was about an astronaut on a space mission to basically find his dad and uh, uncover some other mysteries. All right, thoughts on Ad Astra, Just? Go ahead, you can Ad start. Ad Trastra. Ad Trastra, that's more like it, yeah. That's all I gotta say on that. That sums that up. <laughs> the, the, Want me to elaborate? Yeah, go well, ahead, uh, go for it. Let's see, um, from a kid who wanted to be an astronaut, half his adult uh, adolescent life, um, also who actually went to the now defunct space camp in Santa Cruz as a kid. Right. Uh, you could say that I pretty much have been into space and understand space, and I've been fascinated with space for a long time of my life. Sure. As such, I've seen probably every great space movie, whether it's space hard, like the Aliens franchise, whether it's Gravity, whether it's The Right Stuff, whether it's uh, every XYZ space movie right. in between all those, right? Super into space movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, at Trastra... <laughs> Translated from the Latin meaning to the trash instead of to the stars. Um, it was simply that. To say it was bad is an understatement because to say it was bad would imply that there must have been some good. So I'm going to say that it was ad trastra because ad trastra. it was really that bad. Yeah. Waste of a cast. Brad Pitt, Tom, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, complete waste on all three accounts R- there. Ruth Nega, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Her, her too. Waste of all great actors, actresses. Um, the plot was so convoluted and so hard to digest and understand, I don't even know why we're even doing this podcast <laughs> to say, <laughs> don't go see Ad Trastra. The, the truth of it is, we actually saw the movie about two weeks ago, but... We, we still feel as if we're still watching the movie because the two hours felt like five hours. It was so boring. Um, <laughs> boring, again, is an understatement. I um, wanted to walk out and go watch football on that Sunday, but... Uh, we didn't because I, I felt... Justin wanted you, to stick it through. It's once fine. Once you know, commit to something, you follow it through to its completion, right? Uh, bad decision. <laughs> um, just to briefly touch on, on what I didn't quite get about the movie... It opened up to a pretty awesome scene, you know, uh, I don't want to give it away, but... Walking it, up that tower or Yeah, I don't want to give too much spiral, away for anyone who spire. might want to see it. It was like a antenna array for deep space communication yeah. or whatever. It was cool. There's, there not, was some, there's really not much action yeah, in it, though. Yeah, but there was some cool cinematography, but mm. as the movie plays on, without giving up too much of the plot, Brad Pitt has to keep this mission of his veiled in secrecy from all these commercial space uh, astronauts that he's dealing with. He goes to the moon to actually take another rocket to the base on Mars where he could actually communicate with Tommy Lee Jones' dad who right. went on some uh, expedition 20 years ago to find uh, inter, you know, um, intelligent life. Yeah, what was the project called? It was Project Lima. Lima. Yes, so right. he went on this, this project to find interstellar life and then they lose contact with him 
and then he goes rogue, and then he starts experimenting with some crazy energy source, which is causing all these uh, energy storms throughout Earth and killing hundreds of thousands of people. Fine. Whatever. Some some basis of some kind of plot with that, right? <laughs> However, within that medium and that narrative, it goes off the rails every possible way you could possibly think. Yeah. Um, You're talking about space visits. Space monkeys. Oh, space monkeys. Deranged right. space monkeys mm. make an appearance. Um, moon pirates. What? I don't, I don't, moon, pirates yeah. on the moon, warring <laughs> factions on the moon. They didn't explain that. No. They didn't explain anything about how different nations colonize the moon. Dudes and, just show up and, yeah, try, and, and try somehow, to jack them. Yeah, somehow now these different nations or different factions or entities, they're warring with each other to control different sectors of the moon. Whatever. So moon pirates, <laughs> space monkeys. But for me, the ultimate uh, Ad Trastra type element of Ad Trastra was the fact that he goes and finds his dad after basically doing the most shadiest things he can right. to all these astronauts he's dealing with and keeping this this you know mission under the radar and then he goes to Mars and then finds out that his dad is not a hero he's a basically an enemy of the people uh-huh. and then he gets to Mars by commandeering and hijacking this other <laughs> rocket and taking out four astronauts there it got silly <laughs> and when he finally gets to his dad the whole basic discourse of this conversation with Tommy Jones is well son I went up here to escape you and your mom I didn't love you and as a, as a space jockey I just had to escape the mundane boringness of earth okay yeah <laughs> uh, well, that was the big revelation with his dad like but beyond the big which is not a big revelation at all just this like I don't know this tiff with his dad after he completes said mission which I don't want to give away that's where the movie falls off the rails as far as real-world physics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how bad the physics are in this movie. You were literally laughing at like, it during the film. I was literally Ooh. laughing at some of the stuff that they wanted you to believe would be scientifically sound, <laughs> physics-wise or astrophysics-wise, with this movie. Whoever, whatever oversight or accuracy committee there must be on all these space movies, they must not have showed up to work that day, or they were drunk, had a hangover, or whatever. They or went they, out to party too late the night before. Or they just did bad research. Or they just did bad research because <laughs> the physics, as and even more so, the astrophysics employed in this movie are so comical. It's Hollywood magic at its finest. I almost thought I was watching just a movie on just the pure nature of special effects in Hollywood and how crazy they can be and try and make you convince the masses that, oh, these are real things. Like, the worst physics, worst movie, worst narrative I've ever dealt with with any kind of space movie experience. Right. And again, this is from someone who's seen Apollo uh, 11 and, you know, uh, the right stuff. And, you know, even oh, though people not gravity, right gravity, uh, you know, aliens, even though aliens was a horror space franchise, there were still some real space elements in what they were talking about. Yeah. And they try to throw some horror aspects into and They, they try to throw the horror aspects into space, space monkeys. Uh, I don't know what that... I don't know who wrote that in. That whatever, James Gray, whatever. Came out of left field. Pure left field. Tangent to the fullest definition of tangent. But I said my piece on that trash trip. I'm done. I, I don't need to like, belabor this anymore. Like you're, yeah. You can all get from what I'm saying where I feel about it. So. All right, so... Uh, Let's get to the you know simple part of this because you know it it made our made our job very easy to grade it. I I gave it an F. <laughs> ditto, just, just ditto, Beth ditto. Over here. <laughs> F, here F. F. Uh, I mean we we pretty much. I mean I echo all of Justin's statements as well. I would just be echoing the same sentiments if I had to you know justify my F as well. I mean. Honestly, I, I it felt like five hours to me. I couldn't wait to 
go home and watch football, to be so honest. Boring. So boring. <laughs> so boring. I was just sitting there waiting for something to happen, and stuff did happen, but it was boring and it was slow. It, I don't know. I was dozing off at certain points of the movie. I, I didn't fall asleep because I was locked into the fake physics yeah. and the, the stupid narrative. So I was trying to di- still digest it. Like, when does it get actually real? Or when did it get good? But that never happened. Bottom line, the filmmakers and anybody involved with this movie owes Justin and I two and a half hours of our life back. Pretty much. We'll never get that back. Pretty much. I trash it. <laughs> now, uh, moving on to a movie that is actually deserving of airtime on this podcast. It's Joker, of course. Joker was released on October 4th, 2019. It was directed by Todd Phillips and stars the great Joaquin Phoenix. Joker is about the comedian Arthur Fleck and his transformation in leading to the iconic Batman villain. Thoughts on the Joker, Justin? Go ahead. Complete opposite end of the spectrum of what Ad Traster is. Right. <laughs> um, obviously, I've mentioned this before. You probably know this. Growing up as a youth, crazy comic book head. More of a Marvel guy on Kenny X-Men, Spidey. Yeah. Punisher, but outside of that, when I did read DC Comics, it was literally Batman, uh, Green Lantern, and Justice League of America, with Batman taking up the majority of my DC experience. Right. I've been in all the Bat movies, Tim Burton Batman being one of my favorite movies. Sure. Batman Returns, uh, you know, Val Kilmer, Batman Forever, I didn't really like him as Batman. I like Batman Forever, that was fine. Didn't like George Clooney's Batman. Obviously, the re-release of the Bat trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy with Nolan. Awesome. We all know how great great those are, right? Awesome, awesome, um, awesome. <laughs> but to localize this more to not just Batman, but the whole Joker mythos in particular. Right. I love Jack Nicholson's Batman for what Jack Nicholson did for... Oh, yeah. Or Jack Nicholson's Joker for yeah. what he did in that Batman as Joker. He captured the comically insane, criminally insane Joker-type paradigm, right? Like yeah. His Joker... Did a fantastic job. His classic, did a fantastic job, one of the best... Mm villain portrayals in the history of villains in movies. Right. Let's fast forward to 2008. Heath. Well, we all know Heath posthumously got the Oscar for his portrayal of Joker. deserved. Why so serious? I mean, that's Uh, enough. Like, we need to even talk about that. uh, (laughs) R.A.P. That being said, only because I've followed Joaquin's career from way back in Gladiator all the way to her. I've always liked him as an actor. Oh, he's a phenomenal actor. (laughs) I didn't realize what he did with this role. Despite all the rumors, despite all the hype, seeing the Toronto Film Festival, him getting a five-minute standing ovation, uh, some Italian film festival getting another 10-minute standing ovation to where people weren't even letting him get out of the movie, you know, screening room. It's (laughs) well-deserved. I didn't understand, like, prior to watching it a couple nights ago. Let me just say this. The hype is real. The hype is real. The mm-hmm. hype is substantiated. The yes. hype is worth the hype. Yes. The thing is, every Joker, every part, everyone that's played this most iconic character of Joker, the arch nemesis of right. Batman, everybody had their own dynamic they brought to it. Yeah. One of the things they touched their on in Tim Burton's Batman is that Joker is a chemic, uh, chemist expert. You know, new Joker products. Right. Something's wrong. He's been using Brand X. Brand X. Like, <laughs> that's not my secret ingredient. Smiley. Like, I forgot all right? about I mean, that. That, yeah. that showed that Joker being an insane chemist and, you know, crafting all these concoctions, not to mention his little, his buzzers that, the buzzer when the guy was shaking his oh, hand. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That burned him alive. Right. And, and the acid flower and all right. that, right? So, that Joker was able to use props to, to a certain extent right. to hammer home the Joker experience, right? Right. Heath way different he had the more darker gritty violent joker down to a t right the why so serious 
when he's being interrogated by that Gotham detective, like, you killed six of my, my buddies. And he's like, and he's like <laughs> smiling, like, yeah. just classic, genius, right? right? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was so good. <laughs> but let me also Chilling. touch on why this Joker was so magnificent. You have to understand that with Todd Phillips in this movie, one, the budget wasn't that big. No, it Two, was, all they did was film in the most... A, it was an indie movie, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know if it was an indie movie. It's still a DC production, yeah. but... But I will say this, like, it was growing up in New York, tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, you know, that whole area. Yeah. They only filmed it in New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it almost transported me back to growing up in those crazy, you know, metropolitan concrete jungles. It, it like, was right? Gotham City. It was Gotham City. It was, it was the best Gotham, Gotham City that could have manifested for a movie outside of what Tim Burton did with that gothic type yeah. Gotham City. It felt right? dirty. It, it felt, felt gritty. And it was just, I don't know. It, it gave me an uneasy feeling throughout the whole movie. Same here. <laughs> it also spoke to something else, though. It spoke to, to a certain extent, postmodern society. The failed postmodern society, yeah. Failing the masses. Yeah. And only a certain sector or, or a certain element of that populace in that society actually living the good life. For the lack, lack of a proper infrastructure. Right? Yeah. And you can, really, you can really boil it down to haves and have-nots. Oh, haves and have-nots. a concept absolutely. that's existed yeah. throughout time in our society and every pretty that much every society, right? Totally a theme in this movie. Yeah. So, that being said, what I'm trying to touch on is that this Joker didn't have any props. He didn't have the, the Heath already transformation in a Joker, the violent, sadistic, killer right. Joker. But what they did with... What what they did with Joaquin in this movie was really magnificent and excellent in the sense that this Joker, you see the transformation of a dejected, isolated, quote-unquote, ignored, quote-unquote, failed person (laughs) and his descent into madness stemming from his mental illness issues, but also his... To a certain degree, vindication of himself. Yeah. Even with a uh, on a weird, you know, crazy vibe. He was looking for acceptance. He was from looking for anybody, acceptance from anybody. And nobody would validate the guy. <laughs> and to see what he became when he decided to become this nihilist and and sh- and you know basically shed all these societal conventions and right. just be himself. Right. And and really like believe in him his brand and right. his and his like his actual person. Yeah, screw everybody else. Like yeah. it, it was really something special. And also, yeah, they changed a bit of the Joker history. You know, he, he wasn't Jack Napier, he's Arthur Fleck. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, th- th- I think even that lessened having any any Joker substance already added to him. It gave Joaquin a blank slate for right. his Joker. And he made it whatever he wanted it to be. And what he made it was excellent. Excellent. Dude. I mean... Because, like, I'm not a big comic book reader, but you are. And this was different from the comics completely, right? Murray's real. Yeah. You know, Thomas Wayne's real. Martin mm-hmm. Wayne's real. I don't want to give out... I don't want to give away certain things. Yeah. But the Waynes are in it. That's all I need to know. Oh, and Murray is, is great. But Murray, Robert De Niro's Murray. Robert is De Niro. So, oh. And if you don't know, Murray's like like a like a Johnny Carson type talk show host. Yeah, late night. Late night, you know, Gotham guy. Celebrity. It was cool to see. It was great. I mean, they even have like the the intro for his show, kind exactly. of like Saturday Night Live. Exactly. It was, the outside of the theater and the cars driving by. It was great. Late night with Murray. It was all. insane. Yeah. It was great, and people were gonna focus on just the violence in the movie, but even the violence in the movie. 
came from a place of importance mm-hmm. and it was used as a tool and instrument to explain this larger narrative oh, yeah. of it's... the failure of postmodern society. Let me touch on one thing I, I really liked. I'm not going to give it away verbatim, but towards the end of the movie, there's a there's two scenes where Arthur is confronting people and asking, why do you guys not care? Why is the yeah. world not civil anymore? Why don't people say hi to each other? Nobody why, cares. No one cares. Why is everyone so mean? Mm-hmm. He touched on the apathy that is in modern society. Right. Like, people are apathetic to them. Like, at one point, I think verbatim, his line was, no one cares about the next man. Right. Or their fellow man. Yeah, I I think I remember that, yeah. And as sad as it is to hear that, and as sad as it is to actually recognize that, to a large degree, that is true. It's very true. It's very true, Mm -hmm. especially in our society now that's so fast-paced. Everybody's locked into their devices. Mm -hmm. Everybody's on a computer. Everybody's, you know, running from A to B and from, you know, Y to Z. And there's no time in between for any of the other things. Whatever you feel about the world, your place in the world, whether you're high on the hog or, like, (laughs) down at the lowest rungs of the ladder. Being stepped over. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it speaks to everyone. Absolutely. And even Joker's transformation into quote-unquote homicidal, lunatic, maniac, killer, even that transformation speaks to people. Right. And it shows something that is important, which is people need to understand that they have worth in this society, Mm -hmm. regardless of where they're at. Um, I've... You know, been yeah. I've had spectrum shifts in my life right. where I've been higher than I am now or lower than I might right. have been at one point. So I, I've seen that whole you know spectrum, like and and what Joker went through. Not to say it like that, but I'm just saying yeah. my own subjective life. But no, but that's it, it rings true to what that movie yeah. says. Everybody goes through highs and lows Absolutely. in life. But if you're constantly going through lows and lows that are actually to a certain to a certain extent circumstances beyond your control, making those lows happen in your life. It can lead someone to, to devolve into violence, violence, which madness, is, what, which, which is, is what totally happening in our world today, unfortunately, with all these mass shootings and now, you hear about it in the news and it's crazy. <laughs> now, obviously, I don't know if anyone's really been keeping up on what Joker supposedly been potentially manifesting in our society. I mean, case in point, the the Dark Knight shooter. Yeah, the Aurora, from Aurora Colorado. There is actually reports that all these. People looking like a hero, all these dejected kids, um, and they were gonna, you know, actually shoot up various theaters around the nation. Rotten asshole, you know. Yeah. And you know, there were plainclothes uh, police officers in many, in many theaters. Actually, in Huntington Beach, they Huntington closed Beach. down. They closed down all their Joker post yeah. game shows on yeah. Friday. In Oklahoma, where there was just, uh, you know, a shooting a few years ago, the the Army National Guard when they were telling their, you know. Uh, the soldiers that would go see Joker, go have fun, but be ready for emergency protocol. Oh, absolutely. Know all your egresses, all absolutely. your exits. Know, you know, get ready for the duck and cover protocol. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sad, but it's also very poignant yeah. that this movie could have even spurred these type of things. Right. It was weird. I mean, like, the theater I went to, we saw this movie separately, by the way, but, like, in Burbank, at the Burbank AMC, I noticed they had a flyer saying items that will not be permitted into the theater. As far, I didn't read the whole list to be honest, but I saw backpacks as one of the items. I noticed, you know, during the film, one guy had to had to get up and go to the restroom, I think, halfway through the film, and he had a backpack on, which caused me to worry a little bit. I was like... Because it clearly said I, I no thought that was one of the, the Yeah, one of the items that weren't allowed in the theater. And I saw this guy get up and go to use the restroom with a backpack on, I'm like, uh, what's going on here? But uh, luckily nothing happened, and 
I, you know, I haven't heard of anything happening. I haven't either. And I hopefully either. nothing and, does you know, happen. It could have just been being overly cautious. And, and Which is sad that we have to do in this day and age. Right, and a reactionary response to potential threats. Um, not to take this any darker, but case in point, two days ago, they found this girl in Texas who had, like, Enough arms to, oh, yeah. to to you know fully equip a guerrilla group going through a revolution. She had pipe bombs, explosives. Yeah. Like they caught her two days ago. Yeah, and the FBI and the local authorities are really commending themselves because they think they could have prevented a major tragedy. Right. Oh yeah, and absolutely. then she also had stuff. She had the James Moore guy, uh-huh. Aurora, Colorado shooters notes. She had Ted Kaczynski Unabomber manifesto. Yeah, stuff. She yeah. had all kind of stuff, dude. Like Ted Bundy's yeah. biography, like. What it comes down to, you know, if you see something, say something. Right. Because, you know, your life could be in jeopardy at any given moment. And all it takes is one asshole to walk into a theater and start spraying bullets at everybody. And you just never know. So, it's like, just... you know, not to take it on that somber, dark note. I mean, we, I just want to touch on that. But that shows you the, the simple reaction of what happened real world in our society should show you the power of this movie or mm-hmm. movies in general and media in general. Like, this movie is very poignant, yeah. it's very important, and it's it's excellent, the acting. And let, let me take let me say this as well. It's not yeah, just Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You guys, Zazie Betts is acting. Uh, the girl who plays Domino from Deadpool right. and on Atlanta with uh, Donald Glover. Right. You got uh, the guy who played Thomas Wayne. Um, right. Forget his name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Thomas Wayne, I forget his name. Whatever, too. that guy's a great actor. Yeah. Then you had... Uh, you it's had, well acted across the board. Even the detectives. One of the detectives was the guy from Boardwalk Empire who played... Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's brother. Yeah, I never really watched Boardwalk Empire. Great, great across the board. Uh-huh. Even even uh, Arthur's mother, with her all her. You oh know, yeah, she, she did was great. great with all her problems. And... She did great. So I mean, it's it, I think it's safe to say to give uh, Phoenix the Oscar now. <laughs> I, mean, I don't see anyone. Yeah, g- give it to Joaquin. <laughs> I don't see anyone coming out that's gonna supplant. Who are they gonna give it to? Uh, Adam Driver for Kylo Ren? <laughs> no, yeah, right. So like, there's nothing else even coming out anymore that's gonna have the opportunity to even eclipse him unless Star I mean, Wars Episode Nine is like the best thing. Well ever. there's still some good movies with, you know, good actors coming out. Yeah, it's, but... it's that kind of season for the for the movies right now that we're just starting to get into. True. I mean I think, you know, Ford versus Ferrari is gonna have Oh yeah, some... that's okay. That's that... gonna be great. That's a whole other story. That's that, gonna be that's great. Gonna and have I love Bill and Damon, so that's gonna be great. But I if I were to predict now and bet money on it, I would just give Joaquin the, the yeah. give Joaquin the hardware now. His performance <laughs> is that legendary as Joker. And let me say this about Joaquin's Joker. As as opposed or in comparison or in contrast to Jack and uh, and Heath, yeah, Joaquin's Joker is great for two reasons: just the regular portrayal of this dejected guy in society who also unfortunately has mental illness and and like also a, 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 a like a laugh tick or a problem. <laughs> right? the, the laugh tick, and yeah. a lot of people think that was just a Joker laugh, no. which has been synonymous with the Joker laugh but I liked how they added it to this being actual physical yeah. ailment of his yeah, there's been a lot of but the, the way they did that was really good too especially with the, the kid on the exactly, bus exactly I mean that was sad he was just trying to make the kid feel good and exactly, have fun with him exactly and that, and that speaks to yeah. your fellow man not, having, not wanting and the mom just goes off on exactly. Joaquin Phoenix for no like, reason yeah, it's for no just... reason and, and look I think the Joaquin's Joker is brilliant twofold it's brilliant for pre-Joker and it's brilliant for once Joker manifests. Absolutely. Because let me say this. There is enough in this movie prior to you seeing Joker come about that will just have you floored. Right. But once Joker actually manifests, 
and the movie goes to the Joker narrative for the right. second half of the movie, right. it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. And also, it's not as violent as you might think. Well, the third act's pretty freaking well, violent. But it's but it's not yeah, as violent. It's but, not as violent as you may it's think. It's not as but, violent as Dark Knight. No. Not as violent as even Batman 1. No, but, it, it, but it, it's it, violent. It is deserving of an R rating. But, <laughs> but bigger than the violence... I would say it's more disturbing. Oh, it's very disturbing for what it shows about the, society and in, encapsulating in this. This movie narrative. might end up haunting some people for days. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty. It, you know, throughout the whole movie, like I said, I had a pretty disturbed and uneasy feeling about it. It was just like I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe unless you go experience it for yourself. Yeah, you have to see but it. But it, it is it does give you a very different feeling than other movies that you may have experienced. It's. There's, no, there's really no way to describe it. You just have to go no, I think, and see it for yourself. It's it's one. It's a movie that cannot be missed. I think you hit on the money. It's a movie that's going to have cultural impact for you know years to come, like way beyond its, its shelf oh, yeah. life in the theaters. Um, people are going to be watching this movie over and over and over again, just oh, yeah. like people watch Dark Knight and and Batman One over sure. and over again. Sure. Uh, it, it's that great of a performance on. Again, not just Heath. Obviously, he carries the whole vehicle, mm-hmm. but all the supporting characters also have integral roles. Absolutely, and Absolutely. they all shine. Absolutely, um, I could go on ad infinitum about Joker. <laughs> we could yeah. be talking here all day. Unfortunately, we both got stuff to do today. Yeah, we got but stuff to do today. But uh, I'm just fine. gonna go ahead and give it my grade right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's good and great. I give it a solid A. A. Oh yeah, I went with A minus. Yeah. You know, it's, it was phenomenal. I I enjoyed it and uh, A for awesome. A for awesome, yeah. You know, like Justin said, it's the opposite end of the spectrum of an ad trash dress. So totally. All right, now we'll move on to like the 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 movies that will be released on October 11th, which is next week, the week that you'll be hearing this episode. Um, first up, we got Gemini Man. It's uh, directed by Ang Looking Lee. Looking forward to that. Actually, oh, yeah, it looks Looking fun. Looking forward to that. I mean, it looks. It's directed by Ang Lee and stars Will Smith. And Will Smith. Uh, yeah, right. It's about uh, a hitman fighting a clone of himself, basically. And uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, don't think he's a hitman, though. I think he's a special ops soldier. No, it's a hitman. It's a, it's oh, a hitman. Yeah. oh, see, I didn't know. See, you know yeah. more than me. That's yeah, funny, yeah. I, I did some research. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. the movie great. <laughs> you know, add Astra, take note, research. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Add Trasher, take notes. Add Trasher, yeah. take notes. Yeah. Do, do your research. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's important. <laughs> God, it's so important. But basically, it looks fun. I mean, the CGI and it looks pretty good. I mean, you can still kind of tell it's he's a CGI Will Smith acting with the real Will Smith. But as far as technology is concerned, it's pretty advanced and looks fun. Uh, we'll definitely be seeing that next week, along with the Adams Family. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> All right, it's uh, directed by Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon. It is uh, voiced by a monstrous cast, actually, with Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfhart from Stranger Things, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, and many more big names. Uh, you know, it's just the list is too too long to list on this podcast. And uh, it's basically the animated version of the Addams Family that they're back for another. Uh, it's it's back around for another take on the famous and kooky family we've grown to love over the years. And uh, I'm looking forward forward to this too. Chances are Justin and I will see both Gemini Man and the Adams Family, and we'll we'll be back to do it for another. We'll be back to use those to talk about those movies on the next episode. So, um, any other any other thoughts, Justin? 
Let's go see Joker. Stay away from Ad Trastra. Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, that will do it for this episode of the Movie Grader and Friends podcast. Next Tuesday, watch out for the podcast episode dealing with the Gemini Man and the Adams Family. Please find me on on Instagram and Twitter at The Movie Grader. And please visit my website, www.themoviegrader.com. On iTunes, please review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And please tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. The Movie Grader and Friends podcast is available on all major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you can get your podcasts. This has been the Movie Grader and Friends podcast. Thank you for your time. Please feel free to email me at themoviegrader at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions. And see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much.